is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Kings of the Iron, how are we doing today? Shows you a good, decent, beautiful, beautiful Sunday. It's the 18th of December, and all things to concern us. And there's so many reasons for us to rejoice. One of them, one of the reasons we have to rejoice is if you, Kings of the Island, became reality this six months ago, less than six months ago, and we're just so grateful to God for what He is doing in kings all over the world, but particularly on the island. And today, we're going to be celebrating, rejoicing, shouting, dancing. Are you ready for that? Can you give me a shout? Thank you. I love all of your voices. Can you shout? Can you holler? Can you Well, that's more like it. And to lead us to charge us further, instruct us further, I've got my son. Just the son was an amazing man. We haven't heard from him for a while. Because many of you know the transitions that he's been in. We thank God for comfort and strength and encouragement. And Let's 
Thank you, Jesus. It may not sound like it. It may not look like it. We may not look like it, but we know you're faithful. We know you're faithful. It doesn't matter what comes our way. Through the trials and the tribulations, through the pains, we know you're faithful. We exalt you, Jesus. We exalt you, Jesus. We exalt you, Jesus. If you know you're grateful to be alive this morning, can you lift your hands and drop your hands and exalt the name of Jesus? Can you drop your hands today and exalt Jesus? Exalt Jesus! Exalt Jesus! Glory to Jesus! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You may please take your seats. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Praise the name of the living Jesus. Um, I want to just specially thank Pastor Dami for this privilege to stand in the presence of the people of God. It's such a sacred privilege to bring the word to you this morning. Please can you celebrate my father, the set man over this house, Pastor Dami. Is this how you want to celebrate Pastor Dami? celebrate Pastor Dami. Thank you so much for being such a tremendous blessing. I do not in any way take this for granted. Please, you may please take your seats. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who is excited to be alive? Who is excited to be alive? Do you know oftentimes ungratefulness comes from a place of entitlement? You feel like you're entitled to life. So when you wake up in the morning and you can walk and talk, you feel it is normal. See, the breath of life is not normal. The fact that you can stand up to walk and talk and breathe and greet and look this good is a miracle. See, the fact that you can complain about unanswered prayer is a sign that you are an answered prayer. The fact that your mouth can express the fact that God has not answered some prayers, it means that God has answered a prayer. Because you can talk, is an answered prayer. I mean, I've not come to share with you a prepared sermon. If you want to give it a title, you can call it So Far So God. So oftentimes people will say, How has the year been? They will say, So Far So Good. But in our own context, it is So Far So God. You see, this, this guy didn't understand what he was singing. When he said, So Far So Good, Konibaje, and the next thing he said was what? Let's go low. It means when you think about it, what you will do is to go low and thank God. Do you understand? Do you know how amazing God has been this year? Do you know how good God has been this year? At some point, I was thanking God for going through the trials I went through. For God being able to trust me with some tribulations. The Bible says, count it all joy when you go through so it means it is even a privilege for God to entrust me with trials 
Some of the things, the worst things, it, I would lose my mind over. God took me through. You don't even understand. Some people lost their mind in February because of a job they lost like Gogo. But God kept Gogo's mind together from, from May to December. It is a miracle. It is a miracle. Oftentimes we get so familiar with the great things because in the context of the world, the, the miracles of the Lord doesn't look like it. Do you want to pay for the salvation you have enjoyed? Do you want to pay for the love? The Bible says, Beyond what manner of love and the Father bestowed upon us, that we may be called the sons of God. You can imagine God looking upon you and saying, Solomon is my son. That is a miracle. Oftentimes, we, we, we quantify miracles as getting a good job, riding a good car, wearing good clothes. You cannot thank God because he's been married this year. But you're not grateful that he didn't marry the wrong person this year. That's a miracle. When you think deeply, you will know how good God has been. 2022 was supposed to be your most terrible year. But God carried you. For the battles you didn't know God won for you. For those times you crossed the road. I was with my dad yesterday. And my dad was telling me about a pastor who went... He was going for administration and he went to a background, the same background we know. And he went to buy something at Chicken Republic and he wanted to cross. And a car just came and swept the guy off the road and he died there. The same background. This is not to, sh- to say that oh, God is not facing someone else's life. But I'm saying the fact that you can walk past the road. Do you know how underrated safe journeys are? How underrated? The fact that you fly from Lagos to Abuja and you fly back, and you fly from Potako to Abuja and you fly back, from Potako to Lagos and you fly back, and you just wake up and say, Ah, oh my, there was small turbulence. The same small turbulence took lives away. Do you understand? So it is not so far so good. It has been so far so God. The Bible says, If it has not been the Lord who was on our side, if the Lord has not been the one carrying you. If the Lord has not been the one defending you, you will have lost that same job if it has been the one speaking for you. Hallelujah. I want us to open our Bibles to Psalms chapter 42. We are going to thank God this morning from the depth of our hearts. Hallelujah. Psalms 42. We'll read from the first verse to the last. Psalms 42. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Can we read together? One, two, three, go. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. Verse two. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Verse three. My tears have been my food day and night. While they continually so say to me, Where is your God? Verse 4. When I remember these things, I poured my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a preaching feast. Verse 5. This is where we're going to. Can we read together? I want you to three go. Why are you cast down? Can we read that part again? Why are you cast down, oh my soul? And why are you disquieted within you? It says, Open God, 
for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. This is where I want to start from this morning. The psalmist says, why are you cast away my soul? You know, often time, the end of the year is always classified as the, as the season for regrets. So we just sit back and look at our goals and say, oh, out of 13, 15 things, I only made two. So we're quick to get into the box of regrets and start thinking about all of the multitude of the things God hasn't done. And the psalmist began to ask himself questions here to say, Why are you cast down, oh my soul? I mean, December is supposed to be the most beautiful month in the year where we just celebrate, you know, where we jolly and all of that. But oftentimes we find ourselves in December quieted and we're thinking and saying, Why is my soul cast down? Some of us have been crying all through the month of December. Say, God, you said 2022 is my year of every harvest. I didn't even see every talk less of harvest. You said this year is my year of double double. I didn't even see one talk less of double. And the psalmist said, Why are you cast down on my soul? And you know, one of the ways to be able to unpack issues and permit um, me to delve a bit into product management. So when you want to create a product, one of the ways to understand if a problem is truly a problem is until you question your assumptions. Yes. It's until you question your assumptions. And one of the ways to find out the kind of product you can give to a user is when you have questioned your assumptions and known what the user is going through. So for us to understand what David was doing here, he was trying to question his assumptions. Because maybe at that point he felt, ah, we didn't have a lot of money in the kingdom. Maybe at that point he felt, oh, things weren't going well the way they should go. But he needed to ask himself the question again. We'll check in this chapter. He asked himself this question twice. In, verse, in chapter 43, he asked himself the same question again. He says, why are you cast down, oh my soul? And you see, one of the reasons why our soul is always cast down in the season of thanksgiving is because we worship our struggles and idolize our pains. So when we are supposed to worship God, what we do is that we worship our struggles. And when you worship your struggles so much, you become like it. When you idolize your pain so much, you become a pain. And you see pains and struggle in anything. See, people that are very suspicious, they suspect everything, including themselves. So David said, Why are you cast down, oh my soul? Come on, Solomon, why is your soul so cast down? Why is there lack of brightness in my soul? What the devil tries to do is to colorize our lives with the picture of our pains. Brethren, there is no man above trials and tribulations. There is no man. See, let no man deceive you. Let every man be a liar and God be true. There's no man that can come to say, I am without pains and trials. See, if God has not started testing you trials and tribulations, you must ask yourself, am I still on the path of destiny? So there are days and times when life will knock you out. There are days and times when life will beat you. There are times when you feel like gnashing your teeth and crying. 
There are times when you have prayed all the prayers you should pray. There are days like that. I, I remember three days before my mom passed. I was beside her at the clinic. I slept over with her. I prayed from 7 p.m. to 5 a.m. I prayed. In fact, I prayed so much, the other people at the world started thanking me the next morning. Because I started praying for them. I prayed so much. I took our declaration. I declared sicknesses, illnesses, ailments, and disease. I spoke all the tongues speakable. I prayed for mercy. I said, God, just one thing. Do it for me and don't do it again. For three days after my mom passed, I mean, it doesn't change the fact that God is still God. Job looked at God and said, God, even if you slay me, this me, I will still praise you. So often time, when we go through momentary situations in life, when we go through trials and tribulation, we want the devil to define our lives by those temporary things. You want pains to take your praise away. Come on, kings, this morning, don't give God attitude. Give God gratitude. You've given God attitude enough all through the year. You come everyone and say, God, you have not done this. You have not done that. If God does nothing else, he has done enough. If the only thing God has done for you is the salvation of your soul, Pastor Vicky, he has done enough. So David asked and said, Why you cast down my soul? The psalmist asked himself the same question over and over and over again. And I want to show us two reasons why oftentimes our soul will lack quietness so that we can understand how to praise God this morning. The first one is the voices of the people. The voices of people. There's a version that says, and the whisper of men says, where is your God? The voices of people. The psalmist says, they continually say to me, where is your God? Your finance is saying to you, where is your God? Your mom is saying to you, you are a tongue-speaking, demon-casting lady, where is your husband? See, when the world is asking, where is your God? There are two things. It's not a rhetorical question. And it's not a question of where exactly is your God. What they are asking is who is your God. And when the world is asking for your God, it is wrong for you to give a response. Because when the world says where is your God, my God is not dumb. So why is your soul lacking quietness because the world is saying where is your God? The world is saying where is your car? Where is your job? Your family is saying where is your husband? The world is beating you back and blue. I say, where is your God? What what they are saying is, where is your God? Those kind of questions, you don't answer them yourself. Because you are not your God. The God you serve. The Bible says, who is he that said the thing when the Lord has not said it? He looked at Moses and said, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. He said, when you get there, don't tell him I am God. Tell him I am that I am. Whatever you call me, I will become. 
If you tell me to become a stick, I will become. If you tell me to become fire, I will become. If the God that says trust the road and the sea will pass. If the God that a man never said it's a woman and she got pregnant. That is the God you serve. And when the world is asking where is your God, the world is saying who is your God? When the world is asking those kind of questions, don't point them to your pain. It is so selfish. See, if you take the shame, you are taking the glory. What we try to do as believers, we try to take the glory. The reason why you are feeling shame is because you are trying to take the glory. If God will take the glory, let him take the shame. When they say, where is your husband? He said, where is my God? The God who sits in heaven sees. Somebody getting it. So you shouldn't allow your soul to be disquieted by the whispers of men. Where is your God? It's like asking who is your God. This is a question for God and not man. This is a question for your God and not man. So I can see your soul in a place of uneasiness. People are saying, where is that job now? But you call yourself king. I'm a kingdom influencer in nations, generations, and systems. So what are you influencing? What they are saying is, where is your God? But because you are so selfish, you are so full of yourself. You are trying to take the shame. Because you want to take the glory. So when they say, something, you are kings, you say yes. So where is it? You will point to God. Because you know what? The character of God's faithfulness is older than your pain and troubles. It's older. There is nothing you are going through that God has not seen. There is no pain you are facing that God has not done. See, there is no bespoke trials and tribulation. There is no bespoke. God will not see Fidel's problem and say, Ah! Oh my God! The Bible says he is today, yesterday, and tomorrow. His power is consistent. Elisha looked at the water and the people said, Elisha, where is your God? And this guy took that material and slammed it on the water and the water departed. If God can separate water, what does it take for you to give you a job? If God can impregnate a woman without any biological mating, what does it take to give you your husband? If it took God only seven days to create all the things we have seen, all the things we see, and all the things we still see, what does it take to change your life around? So can you shut out the whispers of men? Can you shut out their noise? So when they say, where is my God? You say, I serve a living God. I serve a living God because my God is good. My God is kind to me. My God is faithful. My God is true. My God is not a man that he should lie. Not a son of man that he should repent of his words. He has never made a promise. He will say what he means and means what he says. My God is great. My God is powerful. He's the provider. He's the redeemer. He's my helper. He's my shelter. He's the lift of my head. He's the lift of my head. 
The second reason why your soul can be in a place of disquiet is unbelief. Unbelief. First Corinthians 10, 10 to 11. Numbers 11 verse 1. Unbelief. The same way the Lord hears your prayers, he hears your complaints. He hears your complaints. Some of us mouth words of thanksgiving and give vibes of complaining in our hearts. You are saying, God, I thank you. But in your mind, you are saying, God, what have you not done? What have you even done this year? What have you done this year? Is it bad to be in a place where you feel downcast? I mean, we've always been in those kind of situations. It was on a Sunday morning like this at about 8.35 p.m., 8.35 a.m. You know, and the doctor just looked at me, very beautiful looking doctor. The only thing I heard was, I'm sorry. She just muttered some words, and I heard, I'm sorry. And you know, the only thing I could say is, God, why have you done this to me? God, why? But in that momentary place, all I can do is to still go back and say, God, regardless, you're faithful. I won't stop believing you. Just one circumstance won't make me lose my faith in you. Believers, let me tell us something. Let me tell us something. And I tell you this from a place, honestly and sincerely, genuinely from the depth of my heart. I, I, I don't want to say I didn't prepare for this message. I decided to just come and pour out my heart as the Lord has laid it. You see, I believe the devil is not after the destination. It's not after you're not getting the husband. It's after the journey, the process. It's after the journey to say, this one, is she going to compromise? Is she going to stop believing in God? Will she start believing in something else? The devil is after the journey. Because it's about the destination. You cannot race. You cannot race. Just get there any way you want to. You know, because faith is like a lifestyle. The Bible says, the just shall live by faith. So faith is a journey. The devil is after the journey of faith. Not exactly the destination. So when you're going through trials and tribulation, don't be too eager to say, go when am I out? Safe. No, 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 no. That is what the devil is after. That's complaining. That process. In that journey. In that journey. It wasn't the fact that God wants to restore Job. God wanted to see what Job will say. What Job will do. How he's going to act. God is saying the devil has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. See, that guy is after the journey. He's after your belief. And you know why they call us believers? Because we live, faith is the currency with which we live in this kingdom. So what the devil is after is to take your money, to take your currency. Once he takes that faith and keeps you wavering, he knows he has taken you out. And you know unbelief is a sin. And unbelief is the root path to ingratitude. So Pastor Vicky says, Minister Solomon, you will lead worship tomorrow. And I say, uh. <laughs> mm-hmm. But in all essence, Pastor Vicky is the pastor of worship in the church. She can tell me to go and lead it. Right? She can tell me to go and lead it. Right? But if I say, uh, <laughs> I don't believe her. It means number one. I don't believe whatever she has said is true. I don't believe she has the authority to take that decision. 
I don't believe she has the power. I don't believe she has the system to make it happen. I don't believe she has the convincing power to convince Peter to make me lead it. So there are a lot of things. So when we say we don't believe God through our actions, those are the things we are saying. We are saying, God, I don't trust you. You have done it before, but I don't trust you tomorrow. You are saying, God, you are not consistent. You are saying, God, see, you can do it for Google, but you cannot do it for me. You are saying, God, you can buy a car for, for, um, for RBC, but you cannot buy for me. So when you get into unbelief, you are doubting the efficacy of God's power. Hallelujah. Ingratitude is the mark of unbelief. Murmuring and complaining are bad because they call into question the sovereignty of God. God's faithfulness is more constant and way older than your thoughts and your pains. You know, the Holy Spirit told me this morning, he says, unbelief breeds over familiarity. And you know, Gogo spoke about it extensively while she was leading us to pray. That may we not be familiar with God. Hi! Believers are so familiar. God, don't give me anything again. Just leave me with Jesus. The fact that I have the Holy Ghost. Just leave me with Jesus. What you have given me is enough. See, the only time you can get more from God, even you can submit all he has given you to him. Unbelief. He puts over familiarity. So we just get familiar with the miracles. We just get familiar with the wonders. You get familiar with the family you have. So when they tell us, can you write 10 things you are grateful for? We will struggle. Do you even understand? I, I, I don't like to use this as an example, but have you ever gone to the clinic before? Do you even understand? That you can talk, you can smell, you can see, you can walk. This your hand can coordinate with this. Something in your brain is telling your leg to move. Do you even understand? Do you even know the miracle of you sitting the way you are sitting? The fact that you can wake up and recognize it's Solomon. It's a major miracle. Do you even understand? We get so familiar with the big things because we are chasing after the other things. I want to just pause to thank God from the depth of our hearts. The day I buried my mom, I told God, I said, I'm grateful this year. I lost some, but I didn't lose all. I didn't lose all. I didn't lose my mind. I didn't lose my mind. I didn't lose my faith in God. I I'm not even trying to whine God. This year has been the most tremendous year for me career-wise. God, God took, took my life and threw it into a parachute. Right? But I knew I won some. I lost some, but I didn't lose all. I'm standing here by the grace of God. My mind is intact. I can talk. I can face the devil and say, you are a bastard. I am not going down the drain. I am rising the same me that lost my mom who raised the dead. We still heal the sick. The blind will still see. We still influence the world. We have more than enough reasons to thank the Lord. Come on, guys. The psalmist says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he said, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. I am rest assured because the Lord is with me. Even in peace, the Lord is with me. When I'm rejoicing, the Lord is with me. When I buy a new car, the Lord is with me. When I lose money in forest, the Lord is with me. Come on now. 
just need to even just exalt Jesus this morning. Can you exalt Jesus this morning? You are reasons to thank God this morning. We worship you, Jesus. And we congratulate your truth, your truth, your Kamalesa. You know, you are a command, 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 us this morning to face our pain with praise. To face our pain with praise. I want us to pack all of those things before the Lord. Pack all of those things before the Lord. Pack all of those things before the Lord. Pack them all before the Lord. before the Lord. You know, there's a song, there's a song that walks me through my dark feelings. You know, I, I, I remember, I remember that, that, that particular afternoon, right? You know, I, I, I'd gone to the morgue and coincidentally, I had met someone from my campus fellowship, you know, who just saw me and said, ah, you know, PJ, the PJ, and I'm like, oh, I said, oh, what, what are you here for? I said, oh, you know, I lost my mom. I'm like, ah, oh, this is six years. Ah, oh, why? I said, ah. You know, and again, it felt as though, ah, God. Like, God. But God reminded me have a track record of faithfulness I want single bad does not take away my goodness I want to just lift up my hands and just exalt Jesus this morning let's let's just exalt Jesus this morning can we just worship God for the remaining five minutes? Hey, Oh, Lord. 